Good morning. We uh, are excited to be back with you again, and uh, Bob Hannes was here last week, and I hope you enjoyed that out in listener land. I hope you got to see that. Uh, Bob's from Texas, and, and uh, he's the crosswalker, and so love to uh, support him and uh, hear the stories of what God is doing across our land. So back to uh, at home here, we are still in... Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, we're still talking about discernment, and uh, we're taking lots of, lots of roads through this. Because you know what, if, if wisdom and discernment and understanding was really easy, if there's like a, they'd make an app for it. Right? So we can spend weeks and weeks, and weeks if, if character, the character of God, if that was easy, right, if that was really simple, then your little five-minute devotions in the morning would create the character of God in you. So please keep doing your devotions, but it takes more than that. It takes a surrendered heart. It takes, And so we, we're learning about all these different little threads that are uh, kind of all getting un, unveiled in this search for discernment. And so more than ever, I believe right now in 2020, the year that went off the rails, right? More than ever, we have got to, we, you guys are all making decisions every day and you're all having a view of life every day and you're all assessing things every day, whether you say you are or not, you have to, unless you're in a coma, right? We have to get input and make decisions. Like, am I going to step, like, I just felt right now, I felt this cord underneath my foot. I felt that with my senses, and I've got to, I've got to adjust, right? Now, if I, I could be obstinate and be like, oh, I'm not going to trip and just move, and guess what? I would end up tripping. So what I'm saying is we're taking in all this input and making these decisions and making these assessments and trying to get our way through life. If you guys, if, if I, if you are only getting flawed input, we're going to make flawed decisions, if you're only getting part of... Has anyone ever had to make a decision and you know that you're only getting part of the information, but you still have to make that decision? It's either out of your control or the other party isn't offering or you're trying to give advice. And that happens with us pastors often. Someone will come with a problem. We get to hear one side of the story and <laughs> we're going, oh. all right, what would Jesus say here? Because I know that there's a whole other side to this story, and so we, we try to hardly ever do that because it's just you know you're only getting half of the story. Or sometimes you'll get both sides, but you know you're holding out because I know more than that. And like you want all of the information to give a wise response to that. So in your lives, as you're assessing, if your only sense of input comes from emotions, comes from the news, comes from our carnal minds, you're going to be severely limited in the quality of decisions and lifestyle that you can live out. You're going to be hindered from the fullness of God. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love you and that you're not going to experience Him and like you're still going to, you'll do okay. But, if all we're getting is just worldly input, input from the news channel, from the websites, input from my friends and my circle of people that all kind of sound like me, if all we're getting is that kind of input on life 
and my emotions, because guess what? Stephen has said it more than once. It, there's voices in your head. Not the kind you need to get locked up for, but you know, there's voices in your head speaking to us all the time. Guess what? You've got the dial to choose what station that's on in your heart. So if those voices are your, one of your main sources, so many times we'll hear stuff in our... Listen to me. Look at me. Everyone, stop sleeping. Look at me. If we go through life, and this happens all the time because it happens to me all the time, we'll hear this narrative in our head and we'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's, to- that's totally true. And like we're having this conversation. It's with ourselves. It's happening in our own hearts. And then we'll make decisions off that. Like, yeah, glad you said that. Sometimes it's, yeah, you're worthless or, or this is, you know, oh, you could never do that. Like, and we're like, oh, thanks. Boy, glad you showed up today. Like, and we have this dialogue in our hearts and heads if we're not getting other input. That's why God's word is so imperative. But God's word would tell us, God's word would tell us that God's word needs more than that to be played out. And I don't mean, I don't mean that in a sacrilegious way. God's word is our foundation. But it, God's word will tell us that we've got to dive into more. We've got to position our hearts. We've got to, we've got to seek after other things like discernment and wisdom. So that's what kind of this whole series is about is, I don't know if anyone has ever been in the, in the last five months, has any, anyone ever been blown to and fro by your emotions or by, a, by opinions or an argument or by friends or by your own crazy thoughts that you know later, just they, that wasn't right. So we need discernment. We need to hear the voice of God. We need, we need an input that is godly. So we've been hanging out on this verse for a little bit. It's in Hebrews 5. We've read it already a bunch of times, but now this time where you can see the big orange circle, discern. That's kind of what we're focusing on this time through, the last couple times. For Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 says this, For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. We're talking about maturity, right? In case you weren't here, maturity and discernment go hand in hand. Can't have one without the other. What was that from? Love and marriage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a cool commercial or something. Anyways, how did the preacher get so off track? He's talking about discernment. He has none. <laughs> so we're talking about maturity and discernment, and then they go hand in hand. You don't get discernment if you're not walking through the path of maturity, right? And so verse 14 says, but solid food is for the mature. It's this hard to digest stuff. It's this stuff that builds character. It's this stuff that isn't, doesn't just make me feel good. It's beyond bumper sticker Christianity. It's really digging in and letting the word of God be the final authority and let the spirit of God work through my life because of practice. Look at your neighbor say practice. practice. Because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. They have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So we're talking about spiritual senses. You guys know there's, there's at least five. There's actually more than five. But, uh, you know, sight, hearing, taste, touch. You know, we talked about touch last time. Um, we have all those in the natural. We see we also have those in the spiritual. And I don't know if we even think of that sometimes. And so that's what this little kind of micro-series is. Uh, we have series of series of series. So this micro-series is on our senses. It's about developing our senses because the Word of God tells us that's how we get discernment. 
Go back to that again. He, it's, it's for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern. When your senses get trained, then you can discern. When my senses get mature and fully trained, then I've got a whole different set of inputs in my life. Amen? You're processing that. That's good. Because that's a great thought. When my spiritual senses... We're just making us aware that we have spiritual senses. I, we, I don't want to be just like, oh yeah, you know that. Like, let's, let's, let's remind ourselves of these things. You have spiritual senses. And you have spiritual senses that need to be trained. So many times we think that these things in the kingdom of God are automatic. Well, I went to church. Well, good for you. Did you train your senses this week? Well, I read my Bible. Good for you. Are you training your senses? And I thought about this because uh, when, like, for instance, Callie is, you know, she just learned to walk. Well, not just learned to walk, but, you know, she's learning how to do different things. She's learning the alphabet right now, learning to count to ten. And so she made it up to eight the other day all on her own. And, of course, we're all, we celebrate all those successes and those excitements. But how did Callie learn how to count to ten? And we're not quite there yet, but let's just say we were. How did you learn how to count to 10? Did someone give you a piece of paper and be like, all right, learn this by tonight, you're done? No, practice. Stephen is a junior kindergarten teacher. Stephen, do we practice in your class? We practice a lot. But what if we did that last week? What if we did it the week before? Because we have to practice by come the different versions say by constant use, by continual use, over and over and over and over and over and over, I practice building my spiritual senses. And I would bet that most of us, myself included, because I love digging in for messages because I learn things that I did not know before. I don't know that I've ever thought about training in my spiritual senses before. Not in that context. I've never thought about it in that. So when, when Callie's little, when you were little, you learned to walk by every day. Their parents are helping you learn how to take another step. Every day we're practicing. Then that one's kind of normal because it's, it's, we need to walk to live. You don't, you don't have to talk. You don't have to listen in order to live. But if to live well, you do. So, we, we work on recognizing, like, like learning green and blue or learning the, Callie now sees O everywhere. O? O? Any, any group of letters, she'll pick out the O. She's recognized the O. But it took a while to train her sight to recognize the O. So we'll open up a pile of pictures. Where's the green one? Nope, that's yellow. Nope, that's red. Nope, that's blue. <laughs> okay, this is the green one. Yeah. <laughs> Parents need lots of patience, right? You need lots of patience in training your spiritual senses. And I want to challenge the thought that this just happens. Well, see, I gave my life to Jesus, and I'm going to heaven now. You're right. Well, and he's just, you know, it's all good. Half right. Right? There's a, there's a process in any godly thing. Anything that we've been given from heaven, there's a process to receive it, to implement it, to grow in it. And spiritual senses are part of the training to get discernment. If you want to make better decisions, if you want to not be tossed about it, I just need more faith. More faith to what? So you've got all this great faith. 
but then you still have no great wisdom to go with it because you haven't trained your spiritual senses. So just like we learn to walk, just like we learn to recognize things, oh, that's a bicycle. Oh, that's a porcupine. Her newest, I wish I could get her to do it. She'll be sitting there reading her little book. I've got this little Bible that was Aspen's. It was Aspen's. It is Aspen's. Aspen is graciously letting Kelly. And she'll just, she'll just page through that thing for hours. And every once in a while, we'll hear, Rawr! <laughs> we'll run over. Guess what's on the page? Lion. So I brought her out, and we, we played YouTube videos of lions roaring. And she just, at first she was scared, and then she's like, she thought that was so cool, and she'd hang on to my arm. Rawr! <laughs> right? But it took some training for her to recognize what a lion was. You've got a roar inside of you, but it, it takes some recognizing of when to roar and when not to. Some discernment, some wisdom. We talked a lot this week, just Stephen and I, Marty and I are just dealing with some stuff. Just talking about when the only tool you've got in your tool bag, you need some discernment sometimes and some new tools. And so what growing our spiritual senses does is it gives God other ways to get our attention. It gives us ways to understand deeper spiritual things. And uh, just I just thought that was so cool. that Because when you, when you become a Christian, you don't just believe something different. The bulk of our message today is going to be on that. You don't just believe something different. You become something different. That's the difference between our religion and every other one is that Jesus paid the price. He rose from the grave with eternal life inside of him. Now that eternal life comes in us and we get born again. We're going to read that story next or two slides down the road or whatever. But something new is inside of us. We get born again. Say born again. We get born again. When something is born, what is it? It's in B-B. I never put two and two together. I never connected the dots. Like, oh, of course, we're a brand new Christian. Oh, wait, I've been a Christian for 40 years, but my spirit's still a baby because I've never trained it. Like the light bulb came on and I had a, oh, had one of those moments this week. I'm like, I've learned stuff, but I've learned stuff in my mind. And you're supposed to. Your soul needs to grow. Your soul is supposed to prosper. Your body is supposed to prosper. It's dying, but we resist that as as heartily as we can. And, you know, Jesus is going to quicken our mortal bodies even. We see God heal, right? God works in the body. But my spirit has not been trained. My spirit... No wonder it throws tantrums sometimes. It's still a junior spirit, right? It's still a baby. It needs more training. And I don't know. I got a hold of that this week, and I just I thought that was such a great concept. Just like I taught my body uh, to do something new, Taylor's been learning instruments at our house. He seems to be able to do that well, and so he wants to learn trumpet. So if anyone has a trumpet... It needs to stay at your house, but I'll send him over. <laughs> uh-huh. Or drums. He's going to Stevens for drums. Yeah. But he's been learning bass and whatever. And, it, and uh, he wanted to learn guitar. Bass is kind of his instrument, but he wanted to learn guitar too. And so 
I, I gave my acoustic guitar to play, and the action's a little high, so it's, it's a little harder to play that. And uh, he said, what should I learn? I said, well, learn bar chords, because then you can play any chord. And secretly, I thought, it took me about eight months to learn how to play bar chords. That'll keep him occupied for, well, he's 13. I was 21. So that'll keep him occupied for years. Nice. Well, like two weeks later, he's nailing bar chords. He's like, Dad, what else should I learn now? Like, oh, man. But I was just watching, I was watching his technique last night. He was, I let him use my little pig nose amp, little battery powered amp. So he carries that all over the house. We're not safe really anywhere now. So, John, I should get you guys one of those. You guys could play everywhere, right, Judy? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? So I was watching his hands look entirely different than they did three weeks ago or two months ago because he's been trained, right? Now they go into position where they're supposed to go, right, Dory? Get that banjo playing. That's my only banjo I know. (laughs) And that one's pretty bad. But we need to train our spirit because when we're born again, we're babies. And how much of our growth is soul growth and flesh growth, which is important. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, right? He grew physically, right? But what about our spirits getting equipped and growing within us? So we're spending this, I'm I'm really excited about this. If you're not, I am. So just say, good for you, Pastor. Because I think this is something we need to get a hold of. And I think a mature church is a thriving, victorious, powerful, world-changing church. Because the character of Christ then resides in us. And let's be that. And so we, this is our last, this is all just review from last time. <laughs> so this is our last verse from last time. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're just really setting the groundwork that you guys, you've got a spirit in it. And it's, if we're not engaging our own spirits, we're missing a third of who we are. And so we said last time that God desires wholeness. Nothing missing. Shalom, the peace, the word for peace in Hebrew. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That shalom over you guys. That our lives would be structured and positioned in such a way that we walk in wholeness. That we walk in wholeness. That our, that our bodies, are, God wants to heal us so that our bodies aren't the limiting factor. He wants our souls so that we're not... Uh, defensive and insecure and uh, codependent. He wants our souls to thrive so that we're not just ignorant. He wants our minds to be healthy and well. But he also wants our spirits to thrive so that we engage spirit things. Living in a body that's walking in the health of God and a soul with a mind and emotions that are ordered of God and living in a healthy way so that they're adding to our life, not subtracting from it. But our spirit has to be mature in order for that to happen. And without that, we've got a bunch of us Christians running around, myself included, who are immature and who are missing a great part of our spiritual experience because we haven't taken the time to, by constant use, by constant use, by constant use, constant use, training my spiritual senses. Spiritual senses require a spiritual birth. You guys might just say this is, hey, guy, we know this, right? Come on. 
John chapter 3, we learned that when we were in Sunday school, right? Well, we're just not going to take that for granted this morning. We're just not going to take for granted what really Jesus is saying here. And so you guys know the story. We're just going to read it right here and then talk a little bit about it. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. All right, kids, everybody say Nicodemus. That was very good. A ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one else can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered, I love Jesus' answers to people's questions. Actually, I don't love them. I smile because I'm not the one getting their question answered. They actually torque me off a little bit, if I'm going to be honest. Jesus never answers the question. Jesus, what's it going to be like at the end of the age? You have no need of chairs for your walk is weak. Like, what? Jesus, that doesn't have anything to do with the question. I don't know. He didn't say actually say that, but you know what I mean. He'll ask, the people will ask a question about A, and Jesus will tell them something about letter C or X or M. I'm like, I know it's Jesus, and I know it's the right answer. My mind is not renewed enough to not be torqued off by it. I'm like, answer the question. Jesus always gives you the answer that you need. So he asked this question, or kind of a question. He's like, it was a statement, really. And Jesus answered him and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let's unpack this a little bit. All right, so we got this guy. He's a Pharisee. Back in those days, the Pharisees were, were a ruling class of people named Nicodemus. He says this, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, this guy is a high-up official. And I don't know about you, but if you've seen politicians or religious leaders or high officials, often they're not so concerned about everything else. They're really concerned about kind of what's going on with them. And when you're in power, it's really easy to get defensive. And I don't know why he came to Jesus, but here's what I know. I know that when God is doing something, people take notice. When God is doing something, people take notice. So Jesus is going around preaching, and here's a ruler that didn't know Jesus anything. I mean, we know Jesus was the Son of God, but it's culturally. He's already a ruler, and he comes to Jesus because his heart was stirred, because he was scared that Jesus was going to take over, because maybe they just had a potluck and they want to know <laughs> answers to the questions. I don't know. Facebook question or whatever. But his heart was stirred. To, I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more. And uh, just we're talking about spiritual senses his heart was stirred. He was sensing, last time we talked about, about touch, about the nudge of God, he was sensing something. And he didn't have words for it. He didn't know what it was. But he goes to Jesus. And I love that he went at night. I don't know if he went at night. He says, verse 2, this man came to Jesus by night. I don't know if he couldn't get off work early. I don't know if he wanted to do it in secret. Because he's a Pharisee. I don't need to go, I don't, I don't need anything from this guy. And yet he was drawn to Jesus to want to know more about it. I don't know if he was scared, but here's what I know. Often at night, our minds don't want to shut down, do they? 
Often at night, those things... I've had some of my best God encounters. I know you morning people, you're like, oh, no, it needs to be at 4.30, brother. I'm like, give me another cup of coffee at 8, and I'll think about it. But just some of these times... I remember I had a season in my life. I think I talked about it once, but it doesn't matter. And I still don't know what it was about, but I had a season in my life for about a month and about six weeks. This is when Dwight was still around. It was a long time. And it would be two or three in the morning, and I haven't been to bed yet. And my, just, my heart would just burn and ache for the, like, there was times where I just, I was convinced I'm going to be raptured, like, right now. Like, I'm not even in my body anymore. Like, I just, I was in agony, and I was in euphoria at the same time. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm listening. I don't know what you're saying. But something stirred in my heart, and it would happen at night all the time. And I couldn't sleep, and I would grab Marnie by the arm, and I'd say, God is doing something, and I don't know what it is. And I just, it is tearing me apart. And there'd there'd be times where I'd go uptown and pray, and, you know, are you leading me to someone to win them to Christ? I don't know what you're doing in me. And it wouldn't quit, and it wouldn't quit, and it wouldn't quit. And I wish I had a great ending to the story. It'd be like, what God was really doing, I don't know what he was doing. He was... Breaking, stirring, lifting, pouring, I don't know, but I, huh? Preparing, I think so. I think so. And I didn't know what was all going on, but it would happen at night. And I think sometimes at night, it's great when we finally slow down and our head hits the pillow, but so many times, all those things that aren't right in our, not right in the head, but not right in thoughts that are, like they want to start creeping up. And I just find it interesting that Nicodemus showed up at night. He's like, Hey, Jesus, we need to talk. And I want, to, I want you to see one more thing. Here's, here's a little challenge for us. How many, times, how many times when we get excited about God doing something, we want to run into the middle of it and share how much we know about it? We've got opinions. He shows up to Jesus, and he's like, Rabbi, we know shows up to where God is moving and wants to tell God how much he knows. Guys, does that reflect our prayer lives? How many times we're like, oh, God's really moving today. And we get in our, our worship, we get in our prayer, we get in our word of God, and we just, man, we're just telling God how much we know. <laughs> not that there's not even a time and place for that, but man, I want to come running in and fall on my knees and go, God, you tell me what you know. You tell me what you know. Rabbi, we know, versus truly, truly, I say to you, I'm going to share the truth right now. Guys, we need to sense the stirring of God and run on our knees to him and say, God, tell me what you know. And he's going to give you the answer that might not even be the answer to the question you're asking, but it's going to be what you need to know at that point. We're talking about discernment. You cannot have discernment if you're passionate about telling God what you know. We've got to position our hearts, say, God, tell me what you know. God, I want to be stirred to your presence, and then I want to know what you know, because what I know isn't working. It's not enough. Like, I'm surviving, but I want to know more. I want to, I want to hunger for the more. God, I want discernment. I want to be able to, to divide and see what, what is of you and what's not. I want to be led by your spirit. Hmm. So a couple, this is a couple quotes from some commentaries. David Guzik, one of my favorite commentary writers, he said, We should not forget whom Jesus said this to. Nicodemus was a religious leader, a Pharisee, 
an educated man, an earnest man. He was sincere. He was passionate. He was real. He wasn't fake. He loved God. He was educated about God. By all outward appearance, David says, he was already transformed unto God. Yet he was not. Hmm. Jesus said, you need to be born again. That would have been assaulting to him as a Jew. No, I was born the seed of Abraham. I was, I was born right the first time. Jesus said, no, you need to be born. If you want to taste the kingdom, don't, wait, don't you understand? I'm a religious leader. I'm a ruler. I know things. I know people who know things. Jesus said, no, you need to be born again. What you're looking for doesn't come that way. What you're looking for doesn't come that way. And what Jesus is saying is we, we need a, a different kind. Henry Alford says, Nicodemus addressed Jesus as a rabbi and as a teacher. Jesus responded to him as the one who announced new life. Our Lord replies, it is not learning, but life that is wanted for in the Messiah's kingdom. And life must begin by birth. Life must begin by birth. There has to be something new. Guys, we can't just believe something a little different. We've got to be born again. If you're listening uh, by radio or watching by video, you need to be born again. There needs to be an experience in your life where you come to God and you say, I don't don't have it on my own. I can't be good enough. You see, there's there had to be something deposited in us that was eternal. And it, had to be, and it had to be life. There's all these statements that I could never quite wrap my head around and still can't, but Jesus, Jesus, about Jesus being life and life has come. And, you know, there's, it's not just, we think of is I'm the same as I was, but now I believe something different and I'm going to go to heaven when I die. And that's so inaccurate. That's, that's like, a, like a surface of it. But what happened is you were an automobile, okay? And we can fix up your automobile. We can let it go faster. We can fix up the steering. We can put new seat covers on it. And all those are good things. We can give it a fresh paint job. But the only way that you can get to God is fly. Like It doesn't matter how good the automobile is. You can't get there with what you've got. And that's what Jesus was trying to say. Righteousness is important. The law is important. It reveals the heart of God. It reveals his requirements. It reveals his holiness. But there's something, like, it doesn't matter how good we made you. If, if Jesus came along and coached you through every single moment of your life, you're missing a vital, it's not just being good enough. It's, you're just missing an ingredient. You're missing life. You're, you're missing eternal life. It's not in you. No matter how many rules you kept, no matter how good you were, no matter how much you prayed, no matter how much you loved God, it just doesn't, it doesn't be like, man, that's like the, the best human on earth. But, but all that there is is death and decay. There's, no, there's nothing that brings life. And so God said, you need to be born again. Jesus said, you have to be born again. Everything in us without our spirit is temporary. So no matter how good we make this temporary thing, it just can't do that. It's 
round peg, square hole, square peg, round hole, whatever it is, it's, it's not compatible. It just doesn't, it's not just getting a better version of ourself, it's getting a new self. We have to be born again. So we're, we're kind of just backtracking and saying, guys, you, you, need a, you need your spirit to become alive. Ravi Zacharias said this, one of my favorite quotes of him ever, Jesus did not come into this world to make bad people good, he came to make dead people live. You can't, he can't, there can't be a, this moral reformation. That's actually my next slide. Meryl C. Tenney says, it's not simply a moral or religious reform, but it's the bringing of new life. To belong to the heavenly kingdom, one must be born into it. Otherwise, you can't belong. Like, there's no, there's no side door, there's no back entrance, there's no, and it's not a destination, it's a, it's a thing, it's a who you are. You have to be born again. Your spirit has to come alive. And without that, there's no hope. There's an interesting observation from David Guzik again. He said, most of the Jews at that time looked for the Messiah to bring in a new world in which Israel and the Jewish people would be preeminent or like supreme or most important. But Jesus came to bring new life in which he would be preeminent. Jesus now is the most important one. He's the focus of our heart and lives. And so it was challenging for those Jews. You know, they were born of Abraham. And so let's, let's, uh, he, he said, like, how, you can't go back into your mother's womb again. And how, like, how is this going to happen? Jesus answered, truly, truly. Again, he says it. I'm going to, I'm going to speak the truth that you need to hear right now. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is, see, this is, this is the hinge verse today. This is why this is so important. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom, and you cannot enter a spiritual kingdom without spiritual life. It's not about morality. That's a result of spiritual life. Us walking in the commandments of God, and the, like, that's, that's a, a side effect. It's a result. It's a positioning of our hearts. But, but eternal life starts with me being born again. And uh, it's in our lives, we are, we've been given, we've been made in his image. One of the things that we get to be is creative. We get to decide, you know, animals are creative in the sense that they do amazing and beautiful things, but that's kind of programmed into them. We as humans, we get to decide if we're going to create for good or for evil. Create something beautiful or something mundane. Like that rests upon us. He's given us that creative power. We get to speak words that can create death or create life. Right? Do you understand? So we're creative. So flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. How many times in our life are we being creative and giving birth to fleshly things? Trisha read it this morning about things that don't outlive us. Like, are we investing in our life into things that are so temporary? Spiritual things give birth to spiritual things. So when our spirit is alive and the Holy Spirit is, is animating our spirit and we're walking in that tandem relationship... We then begin giving, but we be, we begin speaking words then that are animated by the Holy Spirit, and they come through our spirit, and we're we're just listening for that. And God's giving us these little nudges. We're speaking life. We're doing things that bring life instead of just good things that are just flesh, but they're temporary and they're really they're, there's not eternal value in them. Our spirits need to. 
just we'll stop there for today, but I just wanted to just I wanted to get into the next part, but we won't have time for it. Just about moving with his spirit. And really we're gonna end up at spiritual senses again because how do how do we move with his spirit? We have to be looking and listening and sensing and, and feeling and, and walking with him. God, you do it and, and show me how to follow. Show me how to keep in step. Show me how to flow. Jesus said, rivers of living water are going to flow out of you. And that can't flow unless our spirit is in tune with the Holy Spirit. It can't work if we're, we're so in tune with our flesh. We're so in tune with my mind. I'm so in tune with my voices in my head and my emotions that I don't hear anything else that I don't sense anything else, that I don't see anything else, that I don't walk anywhere else except for where my flesh is going and where my emotions are going and where my mind is going. But if I train my spirit, if you train your spirit, and some of you have, some of you are a lot farther along on this process than I am. If you train your spirit, spiritual senses, then we begin to have all of these avenues in our life where we begin to sense the leading of the Holy Spirit. And our life begins to take on a new life. Our life then begins to be animated by the Spirit of God. We begin to walk out on this earth, His kingdom, His glory, His purposes. Amen? Does that kind of make sense? Let's, let's train our spirits. Let's stop there. Oh, preacher, be quiet. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for your word, which is life. God, thank you for your spirit, which is life. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of life. And I pray that the life of God would fill each and every one of us. I pray that we would have, uh, I pray that we would be launched forward on this pathway to discernment, to wisdom, to understanding, to knowledge, to just uh, interpreting our world through kingdom eyes. Lord, and we just thank you, Jesus, for the life that flows through us. Give us all a great day today, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.